0: Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker.
1: And once again, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bass Kayak and Beers podcast on the Paddle and Fin Network. Just to show how excited I am about my next guest, completely forgot to bring my beer. You know, I always crack a beer open when I start my podcast, completely forgot. I was kind of almost running late and i'm very excited about my next guest i'm going to be a total fanboy here so i'm warning you this is what's coming all right um before we get into the next guest i always like to recap my week uh bittersweet day today like i mentioned i have somebody that i have a lot of respect for um and i admire a lot when it comes to kayak fishing and content creator and tournament angler and i'm super excited to have him on the show um Uh, bitter part about my day. Um, Unfortunately, today I had to put my dog down. As some of you know that follow my podcast, she's been battling with cancer for the last year or so. She had a stable, you know, quality life. She enjoyed it. She still had fun. But last night uh, when we got home from work, we noticed something was really wrong with her. Uh, She didn't want to eat and all that. So make the call to the hospital, uh, to her doctor. Before we went to the doctor, decided I want to take her to the lake one last time. She really enjoys the lake. She walked up to the dock like she always does. She put her paws, you know, right at the edge of the dock and just gathered on a ling like she usually does. And then she walked down, got a little swim, and then she hopped back in the car. And then on a high note, went to the doctor and, uh, you know, with the doctor's advice, to the decision that at that time was appropriate. So been a sweet day, um, coming home to an empty house, not knowing that when I open the door, I'm not gonna have. A furry creature tackle me to death is, is something that I'm going to have to get used to. But anyways, not going to get into all that. Like I said, I'm super excited about my next guest. Um, needs no introduction. Mr. Gene Jensen, the fluke master himself. I grew up. Well, I wouldn't say I grew up. If I say that, that means he's about 80 years old. So <laughs> when I moved to Texas, I really wanted to get in, you know, immerse myself in getting my life back together after from moving from Puerto Rico. And I picked up bass fishing. You know, I never did bass fishing in Puerto Rico. I did fishing uh, with my dad, you know, throwing a cane with a uh, fluorocarbon. But like I've told before on my podcast, you know, my mom would um, get up in the morning on Sundays and I would be with my tackle box and my rod that my dad bought me. And I love fishing. Once I got older, got out of that, um, you know, and I moved to Texas. Then I figured, you know what? It's time for me to pick up that um, hobby again. Something that I really love and really passionate about it. Wonder why I ever stopped doing it. Um, so I struggled to catch bass. I never fished for bass. And I started watching Fluke Master. Um, caught my first bass immediately, like a fine boy I am. I emailed Fluke, um, or Mr. Jensen, I should say, um, and he immediately replied me and thank you for sharing that um the story. Um, so it was Texas rig worm, go figure. Uh, but anyways. Ever since then, I would have always wanted to meet Gene and talk to him. Uh, So, we're going to be talking to Mr. Gene Jensen, the Fluke Master, about the origins of the Fluke Master brand, how he got to it, what he loves about what he does, and where he wants to go with it um, uh, in the long term and short term future. So, uh, we're going to quick, before we go to commercials, thank you to my sponsor, Douglas Rock. Go check out Douglas. Uh, Rods at DouglasOutdoors.com. If you live in Texas, go check out Fun and Sun Tackle. They have Douglas Rods at Fun and Sun Tackle. And again, big shout out to Douglas Rods. Go to a quick commercial and then we bring the Fluke Master. All right, Mr. Gene Jensen, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good, man. Stoked to have you on the show, man.
2: Oh, thanks. Thanks. I appreciate it.
1: Long fan of what you've done. Um, let's get right into it. Gene, how how did you start at the Fookmaster? I watched a video a long time ago about how you got into it, and I thought that was really interesting. And for those that haven't heard the story, tell us, how do you got into building the brand? Uh, well, Armando, there
2: was so many different things that happened all at once. Um the main thing was I was a scoutmaster, um, mm-hmm. and I, I, I did scouting for 25 years as an adult. And I, at this particular time, I had a bunch, uh, not a bunch, I had a few boys that were inner city kids and really didn't have a dad, a grandfather, anybody in the picture, but, but mom working her tail off to take care of them. And I, I took them on a camping trip one spring break, and we went fishing. And they absolutely fell in love with it. Every single week, they're asking me, "When are you going to take us again? When are you going to take us again?" Well, the problem is, I worked weekend nights at uh, at the hospital, forty hours from Friday night to Monday morning. So I really, except for spring breaks and that kind of stuff, I really couldn't take them fishing every weekend. So I said, "You know what? There's this new thing, new website called YouTube uh, that just popped up uh, about a year ago, and and it's the only it was the only site that you could." host videos for free, uh, on all the, every other site at the time wanted you to charge you wanted to charge your money. Notice none of them are around anymore. But, uh, and so I started to, I, I taught myself how to edit. I taught myself, I already knew how to shoot pictures and shoot video, but I taught myself how to put it all together. And I started making these simple instructional videos for my scouts and it just kind of took off. Now the same point in time, I was also trying to find my, my spot in the fishing world. Um, I was on staff at BassResource.com, which was a forum that had a ton of people. It was really busy. So we were always talking fishing and I lived and breed fishing, but I wanted to find my place in the industry. And I just kind of kept my ear open and my head down and just didn't, didn't quit. And I started YouTube, YouTube grew legs and it just kept growing and growing never fast but it just kept growing, man. And I love it. Absolutely. Uh, it's been, I mean, it's changed my life. That's for sure.
1: (laughs) Definitely. By the way, I forgot to mention, congratulations. Go dogs, man. How do you feel about it?
2: Dude, I'm so freaking stoked. I'm going to the, to the, uh, to the, um, parade and everything on Saturday with my brother who him and I have been through so much with these bulldogs since we were little kids. So yeah, we're, we're going to have a blast this Saturday.
1: Congratulations. The first person I thought of when, when I saw the game I was like, all right, Gene, he's gotta be in seventh and ninth heaven today. Oh, I
2: was I was I was hit the ceiling I don't know how many times while I was jumping up and down. That's great.
1: It's been a long time. When I started watching football, I mean I'm talking back in the early nineties, like college football. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's uh I think the Georgia Bulldogs were, you know, forced to be reckoned with. Well, so I'm glad to see. Yeah. Yeah. They've yeah. always been
2: good. I mean, we've yeah. lost we lost an SEC championship by half a yard. We lost. Uh, we've lost by seconds. We've lost by point. I mean, just just stupid things and bad calls and all kinds of stuff. There was an entire referee uh, crew that got suspended after one of our games that we lost yep. because they did such a horrible job. They got suspended for ten games, uh, and so it, it's just that that's what we've lived through as Georgia fans is all the really close close calls that we never could get over. And so, uh, it's fine about time, but you know, as a, as a Georgia fan, I always want to play Alabama every single year, Yeah, every year, no matter what, we're not in the same conference. So, uh, we're not in the same in, um, uh, we're in the, anyway, we're in the East They're in the West of yeah. sec. Uh, and so we're, we don't play each other every year. And, uh, but to be able to play them and play Alabama, you got to either make it to the, to the, uh, to the sec championship for the national finals. So it's great.
1: That's awesome. Well, and going back to, um, so going back to, uh, the brand fluke master, I know you, there was a point where you kind of flipped the switch, right? You had a job and then you were decided you were going to build this brand and it was kind of like cut and dry. How was that experience? I've heard it, but I'm not sure if all of my listeners heard it. I thought it was a really interesting story.
2: Well, the most important thing was, is I didn't quit my day job. Hmm too early. Um, so, and, and this is a good, this is a really good thing for young kids wanting to do this professionally and everything else. And, and people just to think about, um, there's some people that have taken the leap and just jumped with no money and been able to succeed. They have worked the hardest. Um, I had a family, I had a wife, uh, I had a great job as an x-ray tech at a trauma center. I worked weekend nights, so I had weekend differential, And night differential, and I and you know it was a great paying job, and uh, but I had to make sure that once I quit that job, that I that nothing would change financially for me and my wife and my family. Mm -hmm. So I made sure that um, we we always made sure my wife and I made sure we were living off of one income, one paycheck. And when YouTube finally started paying the same amount as I was making it work, that's when I made the leap. And when I knew it wasn't gonna wasn't gonna get any less, um, that's when I made the leap through sponsors, through things like that. They made it possible for me to do this, and so that's the biggest thing: is don't quit your day job. Get something that pays money. You know, a lot of these elite guys are out there, and they've got money backups. You know, and so a lot of them have businesses, and you know, are married a a really rich woman or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's it's not a cheap way of going about doing things you know i get a little side note i get these comments every once in a while when i start making a lot of videos for my sponsor which is sponsors which is coming up i get a lot of mm. oh you're such a sellout oh you're nah, so I stupid i hate those videos i hate promotional videos and my sponsors know that but every once in a while i have to do them and i always respond with how much money did you pay to watch my videos and of course, it's nothing. People get to watch them for free, which I love, absolutely mm-hmm. love. So I spend about thirty to forty thousand dollars a year so you guys can watch my videos for free. That's why I have sponsors. <laughs> and so and, yeah, usually they figure that out after that.
1: And and something that I really appreciate about what you said is your honesty. Like we've talked about, you know, in the podcast, um, in yeah. other anglers, you know, who gets the most respect. Because a lot of times, you know, um content creators don't get as much respect. In the tournament scene well because it falls focus on content creator, not tournament you kind of do both things right you got the respect of the content creators and you have the respect of the tournament angler because you're an accomplished tournament angler right you're a great fisherman you're not just a you're not a youtube personality or an instagram personality you are a fluke you're the fluke master and you know what you're talking about For, i watch a lot of your friday night live videos and i see sometimes and this is just my opinion the struggles that you have when people ask you, have you checked out this brand? And every now and then I get a glimpse of (laughs) how much Gene Jensen hates to have to play this game. And I wanted to touch on that because a lot of people say that's a sellout. And to me, that's not a sellout. I mean, if you, and I know you don't do this, but if, if you represent a company that you don't believe in or you don't would never use their products because you think their products are crap and everything... Then that's your prerogative. Now I know with you that's different. That you don't strike me as that type of person. But it, it, you can see that you do would you would love to have more liberty to talk about other products that you like and you don't like. I remember you talking about uh, being on Mystery Tackle Box and Mystery Tackle Box. And I correct me if I'm wrong. It came to a point where they decided, you know what, let's go in different directions here because you're being way too. Too honest about our products here in a way that we don't like.
2: So and I remember what happened,
1: that. What happened, what happened was, and it's pretty
2: simple, is I lost confidence in their box. Now their boxes have yeah. gotten better since this. Yeah. But they their boxes had become the bargain bin, had become where companies were sending them the stuff that those companies couldn't sell. Yeah. You know, and 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 so I, I lost confidence in them and I contacted and I said, I can't do this anymore. I honestly cannot. And they wanted me to talk about how great their boxes were, and I told them I'm not going to talk about how great your boxes are when I pull a spinnerbait out of a package and the skirt falls off. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. And so, um so that's kind of how it went. We didn't, we didn't lose respect for each other. I'm still really good friends with Ross, the owner. We, you know, it was a business thing. And, yeah. we, and we still talk and I still do things from from time to time. I've got some baby bullshads. I'm working on a video for for uh, for them and, and that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's just one of those things where one thing about me that people will figure out pretty quick is my integrity is everything to me. Yeah. I will not lie to you, even if it means I'm going to get myself in trouble. I have quit a job. I, 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 I quit a sponsor once and lost thirty two thousand dollars a year. Because they asked me to lie about a product. I don't do it. I get pissed off beyond belief. And I just, that's me. That's me. And yeah, when those questions get asked on Friday Night Live, I I don't mind talking about tackling stuff that's not my sponsors. But if I don't have any experience with a rod and a reel or stuff like that, why do I want to talk about it if I've never used it? Yeah. Or I haven't used it in so many years that those rods aren't and reels aren't even made anymore. And so that's kind of how I hate those questions just because I know I can't answer them because I don't know. Yeah. You know?
1: And that's why I like I said, I really appreciate anybody that thinks you're a sellout. I, I mean <laughs> I have no respect for that opinion. Um I just don't I've I've seen I've seen your videos. I've watched you over the last five years. And I really appreciate that about you. And that's one of the reasons why I always said if I ever bring a podcast you know i want people that's going to be responsible with their content creation and you definitely is the are or the benchmark for being that going th- talking a little bit about mtb i remember you did a video um called youtubers in invade texas and it was with the Guggen Squad. I have to ask you. I didn't ask in the previous recording. Yeah. How close were you to being part of the Guggen Squad? Was that ever I don't on think the that table? Was
2: very close because this was before the Guggen Squad. And uh and to hundred percent honest, my first impression of, of uh of Lunkers was not a good one. And so I I don't think I and I, I I wasn't as young as the other guys. I still love and respect all of them, but I knew I couldn't keep up with them. Yeah, one of those things. So I was just like, no, nah, it's not for me. And I'm very happy I made i i, I yeah. that it didn't go that direction. So I'm I because I really wanted to keep up what I was doing because at that time I was still the only person teaching people how to fish on YouTube. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's kind of how I kind of I just stayed that way.
1: And I appreciate that. I know there there would have been a lot more money on the table, but just the fact that you rather teach people and rather be yourself. I think it's a testament to anybody that's looking to get into this. Like you can still make money, be successful and have your integrity. You, there's no reason uh, to use quote unquote uh, most overused word in content creation, sell out. Right. Um, and again, that's, everybody makes their own decision how they're going to represent themselves. What have you enjoyed most other than teaching? What have you enjoyed most about do, um, doing the, having that brand Fluke Master? Oh man.
2: I, you know, what really, what drives me is stories like yours, you know, where, you, where you come back to me and tell me that you caught your first fish or you caught, I love those stories. Uh, you know, I, I, my wife sent me a letter or an email from a friend of hers where her son learned how to fish from me and now they're out fishing together and that kind of stuff. And dad's fishing with kids. And, and I try to cover the whole gamut of not only just teaching people how to fish, but I try to tr- cover all the way to advanced stuff and new stuff that's out on the market. Um, I didn't do it quite so much this last year, but this year is going to be a lot more. Uh, well, we'll talk about about that in a minute about the changes and things that are going on. But the it's, I love to help people. And the one thing I knew when I was getting into this as an instructional video YouTuber, I knew I would never grow fast. I knew I would never have a viral video. Um, I, but I knew that instructional videos lasted and lived a lot longer than vlogs yeah. and, and, you know, viral Clickbaits. videos, and that kind of stuff. They have been, they, they don't, my videos constantly have about the same views every year. And so I'm still making a living off of my videos that are 10 years old, nine years old, so on and so forth. And so um, I'm comfortable with that. As long as my wife can pay the bills and feed my kids then i'm happy and she is too we're i'm not i don't ever want to be rich because i don't want to have to worry about that much money because i'd end up giving it away anyway when i have an extra dollar i'm giving that dollar away and that's just me it drives people crazy sometimes you know if i have an I had an extra 50 bucks in my pocket the other day from christmas money that my mom had given me and i gave it as a tip to to the to the waitress i mean it's just cuz I, I didn't need it and so that's kind of how I feel is uh, is we're not, me personally, I don't ever want to be wealthy. You don't want to be crazy wealthy. I just want to pay the bills. I tell my sponsors, I say, you're not paying me, you're paying my wife to let me be.
1: <laughs> exactly know. I- you're bribing her. <laughs> it's interesting you mention that about the content creation because, and, and not taking shots at anybody, just something that people can relate to. Like I can watch just so many videos of Alec Perrick losing a 10 pounder and blaming John B, right? <laughs> I can watch it two or three times as it, but going back and watching how to throw a wacky rig by Master, I'll go back to it every time, like, wait a minute, I've lost confidence. Let me rewatch it. I've rewatched a ton of your five, wonder, six years ago videos because of that. So you're much, right. Yeah.
2: I wonder how much that rod is worth that he slammed on the deck after losing that six pounder. Because I own oh, that six rod. pounder. I own that rod. It's mine. And he borrowed that rod and reel from me that morning, and that's the one he slammed down on the deck of the boat
1: that's an interesting story i didn't know that that is a good insight there
2: and it held up i still fish with it every once in a while it's in the corner of my barn
1: oh yeah maybe on ebay get a signature and ebay will be worth something <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that is funny but yeah no going back to it you're right you know i watch videos I wanted to touch on something of course this is about what's going on with my being here um i want this is about you and not me here, but, it
2: this way. here wait a minute
1: let me <laughs> oh like the kids you know <laughs> um i watched so now this is about you but i wanted to highlight something that it kind of like what you do transcends and what i mean by that i'm uh at one point one of my best friends she, her son was going through a really our uh, dark times. Um, um, and he was, he's really young at that time. Um, he was 11 years old. And um, he says, could you take him fishing with you? With fishing with you? He loves that you go fishing. Um, so I did, I took him fishing the first time. And I, we went to a local pond. Coincidentally, where would John B used to live before he moved to Maine or bought that ranch in Texas? Um, and they had a stock pond that was this famous around here because of the big bass. anyways, I thought like, well, what can I teach him? And I watched one of the videos. It says one of the you know easiest to teach is the drop shot. So I put a fluke on a drop shot. Lo and behold, that kid, he the first six, six casts and I'm not lying, Gene, caught six crappies. Now, there were crappies, but they were huge crappies. He doesn't know nice. the difference. He's never seen a bass. He's never seen right. a crappie. He could carry, carry less. But the first six casts, I've never done it on my first six casts. Now, guys, it was a drop shot, and it was crappy. that were actually... Um, we just happened to, you know, cast over a, a um, pile that changed his life in a way that that day was for all the things that he was going through that day was perfect for him. Yeah. And it all comes, I wouldn't have been able to do that if I hadn't watched a fluke master video on how to use a drop shot. Right. Literally. So it it's not just what, how you affect me. And then like you said, on your videos, if you know someone that wants to fish, Introduce him to my videos. Let me teach him how to fish. That's kind of like your model on on yeah. the end of all your YouTube's, and it's right, man. It's 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 the kind of like the gift that gives on give
0: it.
2: Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. There's a, it's that's just awesome. And and you know what? And and in your your story, I've heard it several times. It's it gives people some something to live for, something to work yeah.
1: for.
2: You know, it's just a hobby. You know, growing up for me it was sports and and outdoors and i couldn't be inside to save my life or i you know and and if you just give a kid a, a, a hobby mm-hmm. nine times out of ten they turn out great
1: yeah it does and he's doing really well now i'm not gonna say it's because that day but a lot of it, things came that was uh, probably one small yep. grain of in, salt in in things going his way yeah uh, talking about a little bit about um uh, uh, what you mentioned, the people that go through things, and I know you don't talk about it, but I've heard from other people, and I know that you do a lot of work that you are not want to tell about, but you do a lot of work helping people with uh, PTSD, especially retired um, uh, Marines officers, um, uh, law enforcement, uh, first responders. How is that and I and I know you mentioned on your podcast, I mean not on your podcast, on on your live shows and the son of your videos. You at some point um, battled with depression as well. How does that you know? How does that fit into your life? Being able to help somebody and being able to relate to what they're doing and using fishing as a vessel to how does how important is that in your life? Um, I've I've
2: always. I get an old story. My mom taught me how to give, how to serve other people, and how mm-hmm. to do it quietly and not. You don't want to get recognition for it, and yeah. you know she said it's the Christ-like way to do it. You just do it quietly and and don't expect anything in return. And I used to my we had an old man, old gentleman that lived about three quarters of a mile down the road. Uh, and if you ever seen the 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 TV show In the Heat of the Night, that's the CD I yeah. grew up in. And so I would push my lawnmower as a push mower up a hill and down one of these roads past all these pretty southern homes that you see in that TV show to his little bitty house that's around the corner. Well, he had had a heart attack. He couldn't mow his lawn anymore. And once a week I would do that and go mow his lawn and never expected anything return. Turn around and come back home. He always him or his wife, depending on how he felt, would come out and bring me a, a can of Sprite every better every week. And I would drink that can of Sprite and I'd go home But I learned from my mother how to serve other people. And when I get, got the opportunity to start taking, uh, fellow soldiers out fishing, um, I was in the army from, from 96 to 02. I was a medic and an x-ray technician and friends with a lot of SF guys and a lot of guys who disappeared after 9-11 for two, three years, um, and, and went overseas. And I, and I, and, and working with them, working with these guys and understanding a little bit of what they go through, just because I'm not afraid to ask the questions, how they're feeling and that kind of stuff. Um, I want you guys to imagine this. OK, If you've been in Afghanistan and you're in and you've been in battle and you've been you've had car bombs and and bombs blow up next to you and, and EIDs blow up next to you and everything else you drive in a you're driving in a car. And you're in in this, you're back home, you're in the States, you're driving in a car, you're at a stop sign, a stoplight. And you got a car right here that's turning left, or turning left on your left side. You got a car on your right side and you got one behind you. These guys are waiting for one of those cars to blow up in their head. And it it's, you know, you're talking about the anxiety levels going through the roof. You get them out on a boat. You get them into a kayak, especially a kayak. I don't know what it is about a kayak in and in a guy that's got PTSD, but you get them out there on the water where there's nothing around them, but water, put a rod in their hand, whether they catch and fish or not. They I've had several of them turn to me and say, dude, this is magic. Mm-hmm. You know, cause they don't, they're not, they don't have any anxiety. They don't feel like there's something going to happen. And to give them that opportunity even for a short amount of time. Now, my, I've got a really good friend who's a psychiatrist in the military still is. And he used to hook me up with his, some of his worst hardest patients and I'd take them out. So these weren't just the ones that, that claimed to have PTSDs; These were guns, ones that had it Mm. big time. And to get them out there and to see that it's, it's worth it. It's worth it. I do it quietly. I try to do it on the lake. I haven't done it much lately, but I finally got permission to, there's a, late, a state-owned lake right up the road from me that's closed from the 10th to the end of the month, the 10th of each month to the end of the month closed to the public. But they've told me that if I ever need it, all I have to do is ask them and they'll come unlock the gate and I'll go in and we'll fish in a lake by herself. No problem you know, and so that's, that's, it's great to have, it's great to have. And I'm sure that'll happen at, um, at least once or twice this year.
1: That's amazing. And the fact that you can put other people and, you know, and serve other people, like you mentioned, do it without recognition and putting sometimes people even ahead of your own, what you wanted to do ahead of your own personal um gain is something that, I think a lot more people need to listen to that. And I know you're quiet about it, but I really wanted to bring it to the forefront, not, not because I think it helps other people that are listening. They says, you know what, there, there is a way that you can grow. You can make your name in this industry, in the kayak fishing world, by being good people, by putting other people's interests ahead of yours, sometimes not always. Um, And by just doing the small things and, you know, having integrity. And I think, You know, more people like you on the kayak fishing industry industry is always welcome. Um, We have a great um, community. Granted, there's always clickbaits and other stuff that goes around. But in the most part, you know, we need to nourish what we have right now. Follow that same path, you know, within my own personality and all that to help other people and to grow and have integrity. Um, Now that you kind of like have built your, your, your brand, the Fluke Master, um, where do you see yourself going with this in 2022 and beyond? Woo. Um, beyond,
2: I don't know, but uh, 2022, I pretty much got it planned out. I decided, um, this fall that I was going to take about two and a half months off from filming, kind of make sure all my gear is good and, and batteries right and everything else, but ma- mainly my head. Um, I, Uh, I really want to increase my content and I don't feel like I can do it sitting here and working in this general area. I really got to do something, I had to do something different. Um, I had a pretty good tournament season this last season. I did not fish full time for tournaments. I, I kind of, I piddled around. I did little, I I did a couple of majors and, and then a whole bunch of little tournaments and I did really well. Um, and so I decided this fall that I was going to do, uh, go, go all out with KBF trail tournaments and, and they got the new, the new pro series or the pro yeah. series back out and running. <laughs> they shut it down for COVID and, uh, and so it's back up. And so starting Monday, I travel down to Florida. Um, I'll get, I'm going to try to get to each place a week or two ahead of time so I can go and do content and, and really focus on, on what I am really good at, which is my instructional videos and then also uh, do a, I use the quote lightly, but a vlog style tournament video where I yeah. I, I, I kind of try to commentate while I'm fishing the tournament. I'm totally stealing in that idea from Greg Blanchard. I'm, I'm following his yeah. kind of his format for tournaments because he does such a good job. And I've been really bad at it uh, recently, you know, in the past. And so I'm going to try to kind of, kind of play around with what he does and make it, you know, make it somewhat my own, uh, great guy, great content. And I love his stuff. So it's a good person to to follow after. Um, but I'm i I'm fishing. Um, well, the terms I'm fishing is Florida, Arizona, South Carolina, Gunnersville, Alabama, Utah.
1: Wow. Utah.
2: uh, And where else? Maybe California. If I do good on a, on a few of those tournaments and get some money putting them in the till, I'll go to California and fish, Clear Lake. Um, I might do Ohio. The only problem is it's the very weekend before before I cast, and that's when I go down to Florida and work. Mm-hmm. And so I may not do that one. But that's the plan is to fish a full tour of KBF. And KBF, I feel, you know, we've got Hobie, we've got KBF, we've got Bass. KBF, I feel, is the is the one that can, uh, can facilitate making more no. – kayak fishermen professionals where they do it professionally, where they do it full time and they, they fish tournaments full time. I really feel like uh, KBF can do that. Um, in the future, uh, now that Chad has kind of stepped back and, and, uh, and gotten a lot of his hands out of the, 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 the office side of it. And is really, you know, trying to get his own with his content. It allows, uh, KBF to grow legs and really do a really good job. Uh, are a really good thing for people. And my goal is to help promote it to where maybe in four or five years, there's 60, 70, 80 guys and girls out there that are fishing kayak tournaments professionally. That's that's what I'd like to see anyway.
1: That's a, that's a good take on uh, what you mentioned about KBF. Now, let me ask you this, because I actually wanted to ask you this towards the end, but now that we're in the subject, you say KBF has, and you're right. I think they do, I agree with you. I think they do have um, the the clearest highway or avenue to make it to the Pro Series just because of what they're doing and what they've done in the past, whereas Hobie, BOS, it's kind of like their own Elite Series, and it's a great series, yeah. um, but it's different, right, than KBF and Bass Nation. Bass Nation came out. All of us in kayak fishing were super excited. It's been the third year. Me personally, like, I feel like, okay, you have listened to to what the tournament anglers wanted, and you apply some of this, but at the same time, I scratch my head in some decisions. So I'm like, how do you how do you come how do your conclusion this is a good idea? My my personal take on it is there's a loss of identity. Yeah. You want to appeal to the masses, but you want to appeal to the tournament anglers, and by doing so, you're not making either one happy.
2: Yeah. Case I, in point, I, I felt yeah. I, I felt like we were the, the little step brother. Yeah, uh, and and the and there's also a lot of disorganization. Yeah, uh, they they can't. In my my biggest issue with because of the and I'm one of the few that that would have a serious problem with this. Well, I guess not because a lot of guys have full time jobs that get to work around, yeah. but their schedules always come out way too late. Yeah. and so it's hard for me to say okay, I'm going to fish a full schedule of bass tournaments, but they don't come out until I've already commit had to commit to to yeah. KBF and had to commit to to sponsors and had to commit to traveling here, there and everywhere. And I just can't make it work. It'll, I think, I think BSS will work if they get more organized. Um, I think it'll continue to grow. Um, but KBF has, has you're right, a clear path. Um, they're not, they're not attached to a big sponsor like Hobie, you mm-hmm. know, uh, Hobie is Hobie. Uh, yeah, Hobie is the Hobie, uh, um, tournaments are designed to sell more Hobies. Mm-hmm. And so I don't see that going anywhere. Uh, it might, who knows? I mean, it could be completely wrong and I, and I'm going to fish a couple of them this year, but, uh, Oh really? Yeah. Well, I'm going to try I, I'm not putting it in stone yet, but I hope to <laughs> So uh, just depends on schedules. And, uh, but it'd be, it'd, it'd be neat to see, to see some, you know, one of them do it. And I think, I think KBF has the best chance of, of Have having more liberty. A yeah. a a, something similar to the elite series where these guys are are sponsored and and able to do it full-time i'd love to see it
1: see like the idea of their kind of four-year program to get to here into um really an elite series where people can actually make some real money out of it do you see it working out is there anything there that you see like uh, um you know this could get better or do you really really do you realistically in the opinion like this can work out. This will work out if it's if it's obviously if it sticks to the plan. Right. It has it has the best chance of working out.
2: Um, we all know Chad. We all know KBF. We all know that things change a lot. Um, yeah. I, I consider myself one of Chad's best friends, uh, but I'd be the first one to tell you that he changes his mind like we change our underwear. Uh, <laughs> and and they and so where where it goes is all dependent on on us really. because um i chad didn't come to me and say hey will you promote kbf will you fish kbf tournaments i went to him and said chad i'm fishing the whole tour this year as many tournaments as i can what can i do to help and so that's how that that's how that worked he didn't come to me i don't want any money in return i don't want anything i just want to help um and so, matter of fact, I talked to him today, but it was about something totally unrelated. He called to congratulate me about the bulldogs. Um, <laughs> but uh, it—it's it, just I see it being able to go as far as as that, as far as two hundred thousand dollar payouts for the national championship, that kind of stuff. I don't. I will it happen in five years? Eh, that's wishful thinking. But I—it's—it's it's good to have goals. It's good to have plans and ambitious and- goals. Yeah. And and if it's half that, I'm going to be ecstatic. You know, in five years, if if the national champion is back to making $100,000 and one sponsor didn't have to foot half the bill, I'm all for it. It'd be great. So we'll see. We'll see. All I know is that I'm going to fish it and I'm going to talk about it and I'm going to hope that more people jump jump on board and it just gets so big that people can't ignore it anymore.
1: Definitely, and I agree with you on that one. And I think it will. We yeah. mentioned um, Bass Nation. I think there there has to be somebody that's actually a kayak tournament angler, um, yeah. calling the shots over there. And Bass just saying, "Well, you know, we'll we'll kind of bring bring the name in it, get your cut, but just kind of stay away from the decision making because it's not good." Yeah. That's well, my I, thoughts. Anyway, I am upset that
2: I wasn't, I didn't fish it this last year and qualify for the championship because it's on a lake that I fished a lot when I lived in yeah. Augusta. So they're fishing Lake Greenwood, which is an amazing, really, really good lake. Uh, it's got great largemouth and great spot. It's got spotted bass in it. I, I think I was one of the first ones that anybody had ever heard of catching a spotted bass on Lake Greenwood 12, 15 years ago. And now they're all in really? the lake. So. Nice.
1: Here you go. Another, uh, another like trophy in the trophy case, I guess you could say. <laughs> <laughs> you- it, it, when,
2: I, when I took pictures of it and, and sent it to some buddies who fished it regularly, they didn't believe me. So
1: any chance we'll see you in Texas? I know you're not a big Texas fan. I've you said it before. <laughs>
2: it's, it's not Texas. It's Lake Fork. I always break something at Lake Fork. So years and years ago, I took a bass resource trip. We met at Lake Fork and we fished and I had borrowed my father-in-law's boat and I broke his trolling motor and his transducer off. Of oh, yeah. And then a few years later, we went back, and I had my own boat, and I broke that trolling motor and transducer. And then uh, last year before last, we went to Lake Fort. I broke my prop off of my torpedo on the last day of practice, and I was paddling on the during the tournament. And and I was three and a half miles. My spot was three and a half miles from the boat ramp, so I didn't get to fish my spot, and I, and I caught one fish the whole day and so uh lake fork and i don't get along really well because and i was in boat lanes every single well when i broke my torpedo i was in the boat lane and i hit a i hit a tree so yeah, and this year
1: the water level should be somewhere between six and 12 feet lower so that's oh, so you can that's going to be interesting tops. <laughs> yeah pretty much pretty much other than lake fork any other lake you fished over here in texas I know you went to Yamamoto's ranch. By the way, thank you. I in one of the live videos before I went to Yamamoto, I actually one of was one of those that sent like five. I was cheap. I'll be honest. I sent like a five dollar, you know, uh, um, donation in a question of like let me let me see if he'll answer my question. Where can I catch him on? On Motors watch. and you did you did uh actually yeah. answer my question and i did catch it exactly when you said i would catch it so thank in you that, for
2: that in that tree right out from the front of the dam yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the uh I, I like to fish um oh what's the name of that lake belton i fished a belton. tournament on belton years ago uh uh it was a um it was a wounded warrior tournament Mm. And I knew better. As soon as I heard people calling, uh, they had a nickname for the fi- a fish that was an eighth of an inch short, uh, short and, and wasn't a keeper it was called a Belton and bullet. And when people started saying that, I said I should have just backed out and gone home because I caught 40 Belton and bullets and two keepers that day. Uh, <laughs> and so it, it, Lake Belton was one. Um, I fished several others. Um, what's the, what's Lake Athens?
1: Uh, the really grassy lake in East yeah. Texas. I, yeah, I
2: fished that one with uh, with uh, Lake Fort guy. Uh, oh yeah, and that one was a blast. I had a lot of fun, and then a couple of more I can't remember the names of. So now,
1: I don't. I heard, and I don't know how true it is, but I heard from uh, quite a few people. Lake Athens where they release some of the Sri lunker um, big bass that people donate when they catch him to get that Sri Lanka prices. I would so, think they
2: would because the hatchery is right next yeah. door. So I would think they might do
1: that. Yeah. So yeah, they have some big bass at Athens. What are your goals for tournament fishing aside from the content creation? What would you like? What, in your mind, would be successful? Um, other than obviously winning it all, but what would be a successful tournament I,
2: season? My main goal is to. I want to. I want to fish in the ten this next year. I want to fish, I want to finish in the top 10 in points, um, is my main goal. And so, and I did well enough in, 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 in the, the tour tournaments or the trail tournaments that I fished last year, I did well enough to say, okay, if I did this eight times, three of them will be top 10 worthy, you know? And so, um, that's my goal. That's, that's the biggest one. Uh, I'm, I'm always at the 10 house. Like after this, the, the 10 is this next is the end of this month. Yeah. basically first of next month. And so we fished the 10 Vitational, which I qualified for and the trail trail series tournaments and the pro series tournaments down there. And then I stay for the 10 and I film for Chad and I get to follow these guys around and I get to, you know, help around, you know, behind the scenes and that kind of stuff. And I love it. Absolutely love doing it but i want to be fishing in it i want to go and fish fish the 10 with these guys so that's my biggest goal and i think that's the elite of the elite that's the best of the best it always is and uh, and if you guys have never watched the videos on the 10 from from kayak bass fishing you need to go watch them cuz they're it's amazing these guys grind all year to be able to get this and they always want to get back to it now other than that eh, you know everything else is just a tournament but for me, that's a goal. It's a, it's, it, I really want to finish in the top 10.
1: As far as your content creation, what are you looking for um, for 2022 as far as your own personal uh, success? Like, are you looking into other, like, um, getting other sponsorship? Are you looking into making some, like you mentioned a little bit about the tournament um, videos of it. Other than that, anything specific that you want for your brand? To, for you to consider, this is a successful year for the Fluke Master brand. Not necessarily I to the
2: tournament. Um, I, I've, I'm going to go back. I'm going back to editing most of my videos. My son's still going to edit like my instructional ones that are really simple <clears throat> that I can send to him while I'm on the road, and he knows exactly how to do them, and they're pretty easy and, and, and straightforward. But the vlogging style and the tournament videos, I'm going to have to edit because it's a nightmare if you're not there in the boat with me. Uh, getting everything right and so my biggest thing is is that I want to I want to up my I, I want to double my production I want 100 videos by the end of the year well wow. um I want and that I don't want it to include my my Friday night lives which may be moving to Monday or Tuesday nights because of date night we talked about that on the on yeah the, before this started uh but I want to, I uh, still am going to be teaching. I'm going to be teaching every chance I get. I want people to feel like they're on the boat with me and I'm guiding them or I'm instructing them as I'm learning, as as I'm learning what's going on on the lake. You know, maybe a, a video of pre-fishing, at least one. Um, I think two, two is too many a lot of times. Just one good video about pre-fishing and then one good video about a tournament, whether it's a one day or a two day. And then the rest of it's all going to be Instructionals or new baits or that kind of stuff i i i'm not i'm not looking for any new sponsors i stopped looking eight years ago they just i they come to me and i i if i believe in their stuff i use it if i don't believe in their stuff i don't use it um and so that's kind of how that works but the my sponsors are great they've always been good to me i'm loyal to a fault um and uh and You know, they, they're what's making it possible for me to do this. And would I do this without sponsors, you bet I would, you know, that's the biggest thing is if I could, if I could do this on my own, if I could pay for my bills and and feed my kids without sponsors, I wouldn't have them, but they're a necessity. And because they're a necessity, then, then I owe them my loyalty because they're, they're making it work. They're making it happen. And so that's kind of how that's working. But yeah, this year is going to be really fun. Um, I want to get back to the grind. Uh, I want to lose about 35, 40 pounds to where I feel better. This Thanksgiving, I, I gained 12 pounds this Thanksgiving and Christmas, and so it's all going to come off while I'm <laughs> while I'm traveling. Um, and as that happens, I'll get more energy, and I'll feel better, and I'll make more videos, and it's just going to be a good, good, fun time.
1: Get you more into those Hobie BOS, make you paddle instead of using your torquito motor. <laughs> well, I've
2: got the new P127 <laughs> sitting right outside this door. Uh, it's totally unrigged. I haven't even sat in it yet, but uh, I'm going to take that down to Florida and start pedaling a little bit. I hope, I hope that it, I can do it because the last time I pedaled one of the egg beater style boats, uh, I have a real, I have a bad hip from the army and a bad knee. And so uh, those, that style of, of pedaling, it really hurt me, but I think it's because the the seat was so low in the Jackson <coughs> that it hurt. And now, the seats higher in this p127 i'm hoping that's a difference and uh i mean i was out for two weeks i couldn't walk for two weeks after i pedaled that jackson so we're gonna find out with this with this one if it, my hip even begins to start hurting i'm grabbing my paddle and paddling back to the truck <laughs> uh, we will definitely find get, out um, get the total body workout <laughs> yeah exactly exactly you know a little bit little bumps and bruises from work being in the army but that's about all it is but uh We'll see. It's a great boat. It's fast. Everybody that says it that pedals it says it pedals really smooth and nice and everything else. But like I tell everybody, we'll see. Let me let me get in the boat. Let me get some some hours under my uh, in the seat and let me figure it out whether I like it or not. And then I'll let you know.
1: So, so there you go for those out there listening. If you ever wonder if the kayak Jackson Kai is going to be good, follow the full master for give you his nice opinion. The honest bonafi- opinion. or the boatified or the yeah, or whatever <laughs> kayak he uses you'll get the lowdown the yeah, real lowdown you know. can
2: get my honest opinion for sure you know and i'm going to tell you straight up if i can pedal it i'll you'll see me in it um so i'm excited about it it's a good boat um the guys that already have it and pedal it they love it um i'm still going to have motors on my boat though i'm still going to have that ss127 with the motor guide on the front and and going to be you know fishing out of it that'll be my tournament boat it's just it's i've spent so many hours getting it perfect Yep. Uh that I I don't want to change boats right now, and I don't foresee me going to a P one twenty seven because it just doesn't have as much storage. And if you've seen my boat, it is completely rigged out. Yep. So,
1: sweet machine. It,
2: that'll be one of my my next couple of videos too, is my rigging of that that kayak. Because matter of fact, I hope to film it tomorrow, or the next day, and then get it out by the time
1: I leave to Florida. Nice. Well, Gene, I know you um you have a like I said, you have a busy schedule. I appreciate you taking the time. Um, we kind of wind it down, so I don't want to keep you too long. A couple of quick questions that I wanted to ask you before we end it. Um, we kind of touched on it a little bit um about how content creation and you know and how to you know keep your integrity. You paid your dues to the point where now sponsors look at you, you're not looking for sponsors. For people that are just starting this or considering starting this. What would your, your advice be to them? Obviously, they're not going to get um, sponsors knocking at their door like you will. So how do how do they go from starting off to getting to where you are? What would be the one advice you would give them? Uh,
2: the same advice I got from Mike Buca that makes the Buca Bullshad. Yep. Uh, years and years ago, long before he started making swim baits, him and I have been friends since 2001 is when I first met him and uh and he he was already in the industry he loved he was a guide um he piddled around with making baits but he didn't start making swim baits until probably five six years after that but he Mm -hmm. told me he was like gene he's like you've got to make yourself valuable to them um and the way you did it back then is similar to the way you do it now except we've got social media is you just do things for them because you believe in the product. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll give you, a, for instance, you um, you get you you fall in love with like my 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 fishing line of choice is Seaguar. In two thousand and six, I caught a personal best of nine point nine eight pounds out of the grass on eight pound test Seaguar uh, Invisex on a spinning rod. And it ripped grass up. It was milfoil. It ripped grass up. It was just a giant. And had it been not been uh, late summer, it would have been a, a 12 to 13, 14-pound bass. But it was 9.98 skinny. And uh, and it it was a testament to me that how good Seaguar was. And so I started using Seagar in 2006. Fast forward to 2000 and 18 2019 or do you know 2000 probably 2017 I got introduced to this was after youtube started I got introduced to the the president of cigar and the vice president and uh I told him how much I love their product blah 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 everything else and and so I and it didn't start then then I knew who to contact so I would do things for Seaguar. I'd say you know I'd, I'd show And I'd keep track of it. And once a quarter, I would send them a quarterly report, write it down, send it to them. This is what I did for you this quarter. This is what I did for you this quarter. This is what I did for you this quarter. And after about, I I can't remember, a year and a half after that, they finally decided they wanted, you know, they finally came to me and said, hey, let's do something. Let's work something together. Because they knew who I was. They, 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 I was on their radar. And that's when it happens. That's when you can start to do this for, you know, start doing this and working towards doing it for a living. But you've got to put in the time. you got to put in the effort. Make yourself more valuable to them than they are to you, you know, and don't fake it because you can only fake it for so long before people Mm -hmm. realize you're full of crap, you know? And and for me, if I can't commit to something or if I fail on a commit and, you know, something I committed on, I go to him and say, look, dude, I failed. I didn't do it. I wasn't able to do it. I'm sorry. Let's make it right. You know, always that integrity is huge. Another thing to remember is this industry is super small. Yep. Very, very small. Everybody knows everybody. And so it doesn't take long for somebody to pick up on the phone and say, Hey, John, can you tell me about this guy, Joe, that I keep hearing about? What do you think? What's your opinion? So I get that a lot. I get guys calling me a lot. What are your opinion on this, 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 and this, especially YouTubers, you know? And so, um, because I guess that's my world, but anyways, <laughs> but the biggest thing is to understand is you just got to work and grind. And, and, and you know, like I said before, don't quit your day job before it's before you can. And, uh, and you'll get it, you'll get it, dude. But you gotta, you gotta put in the time and put in the effort to do it.
1: Definitely. Um, Quick kind of section of rapid questions. Favorite bait? If you can only, let me rephrase that. If you can only use one bait for the rest of your life, you can only throw one bait. What bait would it be? Um, if I wasn't do, if if it was just a bait to fish for fun,
2: uh, it'd be a jig. Hundred percent a jig, you know, because I I I get really giddy when I'm on a good jig bite. Yeah, I am the happiest I will ever be on the water when I'm catching fish on a jig. It's just, it's a different kind of bite. You're catching bigger fish. It's just a blast. Now, if I had to survive doing it, if it's something I had to do because I I, I had to catch a fish, it, one of two baits, a straight tail worm or a chatterbait.
1: I figured. <laughs> I was like, he's going to say chatterbait. He's going to say chatterbait. <laughs> By the way, that video on, let me bossy right there for a second that video you did on the best chatterbaits which was the picasso the jackhammer and the thunder cricket yeah anybody that ever anybody that's interested in watching and i'm speaking to the audience right now if you're interested in learning and picking a chatterbait watch that video uh gene what's the title of that video because that video is awesome
2: i can't remember off the top of my head uh you just go look Go. I don't ever call it a bladed jig. So go on my channel, click on the little, uh, magnifying glass that's on my channel page and type in chatterbait and, uh, and you'll, uh, and you'll be able to find it because, and it was one I did last year. So it's going to yes. be one of the more recent ones, but yeah, and I then, talk about the the reasons why you want to pick certain chatterbaits and there are other reasons why you can't. And the biggest reason is that Z-Man owns the patent yeah. on the chatter on on attaching the blade directly to the jig head, and and they strongly enforce it. And the only reason why Picasso was able to do it is because they are able to accomplish the same thing by getting that blade to hit that jig head, but yeah. with a different attachment. And then Strike King paid to you know or uh, got licensing to be able to do that with the with the
1: Every time somebody asks me, why do you like the jackhammer so much? Let me send you a link of the foot master. And it'll bring, he can explain it better to you. But it, it does get talk- me so though.
2: I don't even want to talk about it. That's the one, you know, I'm friends with the guys out of Z-Man. And I could call them and email them and get whatever I wanted with Z-Man or Z-Man if I wanted it. I have bought every single jackhammer I've got. Because I feel, I know they're not, they don't make a whole lot of money. Because everybody's got their hand in the till for the money yeah. they make on the on the jackhammer. And so I'm just like, and I'm, and I'm organizing my tackle right now, getting ready for the tournament series. Dude, I don't even want to talk about how many jackhammers I, I didn't know I had. I'll buy a few here, buy a few there when I'm traveling on the road and everything else. I found one today, two today in my one of my boxes still in the package. And I'm like, I'm such an idiot for spending this much
1: money on jackhammers. <laughs> Once you get on a jackhammer bite, you have to have two. Because if you lose one, you're like, okay, no. No. I need another one. So you're not buying one. You need to buy two or three. I
2: got more jackhammers than I got cha- crankbaits. It's stupid. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that is hilarious. Um, if you couldn't fish for bass, smallmouth bass, largemouth bass, no bass, what fish would you fish for out of fun? Let's just say fun. Redfish. Redfish, nice. Good answer.
2: I love to go to Louisiana and fish for red drum uh, in the Louisiana marsh. It's just... I told my wife, if we lived in Louisiana, I would never catch another bass again in my life. Uh, it is so much fun. And I have not had the opportunity to take my kids down there to do it. And so for spring break this year, right after the Louisiana tournament, my son's flying to Shreveport, getting getting in the truck with me, and we're going down to uh, to Louisiana, to Point of Shame, Louisiana, and we're going to uh, redfish for spring break for his senior trip. So I can't wait.
1: I almost forgot to ask you. Um, and this is kind of like going back, I almost ended the show, but I have to ask you, how does it feel to have your son competing with you and kind of following in your footsteps, like joining the family business kind of thing? Yeah. What does that mean to you? It's fun. It's really fun. Him and I
2: so I'm the biggest trash talker that I know of. I when you're in a boat with me or you're fishing with me, I'm gonna talk trash. Really? I hope I tell people, so you better have thick skin because I'm gonna I'm gonna beat you up verbally. And I love to do it. I do it to him and he does it right back. If you guys ever catch a video with me and him in it, and uh, you know, and I'll catch a giant one hit turn, Dad, I hate you. <laughs> you gotta stop. Yeah, he does all kind of, he gets so mad at me when I catch big fish, and especially if we're fishing against each other. But uh it's just a blast. It's really fun. And, and you know, at the national championship um for the for the three-day tournament, I beat him by a quarter of an inch. That was yeah, like I remember. a quarter of an inch. And everybody was like, well, why didn't you just let him beat you? I'm like, I do not want my son to beat me, <laughs> beat my 90%. I want him to beat my 110%. Yeah. Because if he's good enough to beat my 110%, then he earned it. Yeah. But if he beats my 90% because I slack off to let him win, he did not earn it. And yeah. I, and I learned that from my father, and I feel that way a hundred percent. I want him to work hard and I want him to be happy and proud that he beat his dad's
1: 110%. I, I agree with you on that in the sense that whenever I fish a tournament, I, be a, I see a big name on the tournament. I fished one this year in Lake Fork when I saw uh, Mark Pendergraf, who had just won, you know, yep. the Possum Kingdom, yep. hence the Possum King name. And uh, Brian Howell, great angler from California moved to Texas who was I think leading the Hobie BOS in points at that point. And I always said, it's intimidating, but I always said, I want to be number one, and I want Brian Howell and Mark Pernigraf, no particular order, to be two and three. I want to say I beat them at their A game. I don't want to look and say, oh, well, he's cunk, he wasn't on the bike. No, I want to beat them at their And I And, I, and I'm not, not trash talking, Brian Howell knows me, Mark Pernigraf knows me. He, he knows how much respect I love it. But it's that respect, you know, you want to beat the best at the best. It's not... It's it's not hating on it. it's actually showing respect. You know, yeah. if I'm on the water and I see Gene Jensen, you better believe that I'm wanna, I want to I want to be Gene Jensen. He's my idol. But heck yeah, you know you want to beat the, you want to say you beat the Flute Master, right? That's that's a compliment, right? I guess <laughs> <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Don't worry about it.
2: <laughs> uh, How much? Tr- that was that, that tournament on uh, in Louisiana, that KBF National Championship was just a blast. I knew I wasn't going to win it. I knew I wasn't on the fish to win it. Um, I, my goal that that tournament was to find enough fish where both him and I would catch a limit every day. Is what I wanted to do, and so we did. We caught good fish. We, you know, I was twenty fifth. He was twenty seventh. Um, and and so is that's how we finished, which was amazing. You know, and everybody else the cool thing and, and and one of the things i guess i can say it because i the term is over but we were fishing we weren't fishing cypress trees we weren't fishing yeah you were fishing th- offshore th- points we right we were fishing offshore we were fishing bluegill beds but the bluegill weren't spawning at all there was no bluegill bed, bed bluegill anywhere around the beds they were just bass and the reason they were there Is that all summer long the bluegill had been spawning and they fanned out those big those beds all the way down to hard bottom, all the way down to sand. And the bass were hanging out down there because that was the only hard bottom available. And so that's great insight. You would scan it, side scan it, and you'd see the bass on the beds, but it looked like bluegill on the bed. In on you know, in these little potholes. Now, Caddo has the biggest bluegill beds I've ever seen in my life. They were giant hundreds of feet long and there'd be 20 or 30 bass hanging out in these bluegill beds. And so the first day we threw chatterbaits and it was slow rolling a chatterbait just over the bluegill beds and they would take it to the back of their throats, just kill it. And so we caught a bunch of fish first day, second day. They they were swiping at it, but weren't hitting it. So I found out that if you yo-yoed it, just a little bit. Got about six or seven inches off the bottom and just yo-yoed it through those beds. Again, all the way to the back of their throats. I mean, I had to get the pliers out and get a chatterbait out of the back of the fish's, fish's throat. The third day, Jordan figured this one out. Again, it was a, the bite was a little tougher. We were beating them up pretty good, but I had 49 blue beds I was fishing. So I had plenty of... Of run, you counted of run, the blue the bluegill yeah, beds. Yeah, lots. We we had found in practice. We spent three days looking for bluegill beds and marking them on our GPS. That's all we did for three days.
1: That's great insight.
2: And so we uh, what they weren't biting very good. And Jordan had had popped his up really high once, and he said, "Dad, the fish grabbed it, came two feet out of the water, and went right back down with it." And I set the hook, and it was all the way in the back of his throat. So I started stroking a chatterbait as hard as I could stroke it. And they never hit it on the fall. They always hit it on the way up, and so that was that was a ticket. We didn't catch as many fish because you would pull it so hard, you'd get it over top of too many of the fish. They just never got it good, or never could get to it. But that the ones that got to it, you you'd get it really, you know, you'd you uh, you'd catch them deep in the back of their throats. So really cool bite. Really cool to watch the progression from day to day.
1: That's a gem of uh, information <laughs> right there. Real quickly before I let you go. I have to ask, if Jordan ever beats you, how bad is he going to trash talk you? And how long is he going to get grounded? (laughs) He's usually good for (laughs) about a week. So he did
2: beat me in a KBF challenge, state challenge series the year before last. Uh, And that was amazing to watch because we had one day to fish it. It's a one month long tournament. Yeah, But we only had one one day to fish it because we left and went on vacation the next day. <clears throat> and so we entered the tournament and we went out and it was a hot summer day, miserable. It was in July. And, uh, by noon, noon to one o'clock, he was ready to go home. None, he hadn't caught any fish. I had caught five or six. He hadn't caught anything. He's like, dad, I want to go home. I said, Well, go back to this one spot. Um, I'll be there in a minute. Just go set up. And I'll be there in a minute. And so I caught up with him. And as I'm, I'm passing him, he's casting away from me. And I look at my side scan and I see this school of giant fish lined up on this drop in between me and him. And I said, Jordan, turn around. He's okay. Throw your jig or whatever he's throwing, his fishing. I said, throw, and it almost hit my boat and let it sink to the bottom and drag it back to your boat. He got it halfway to his boat and caught a six and a half pounder. Wow. And I sat there for the next hour and a half or two hours and watched him catch 110 inches. Wow, And just, I was just like, this is awesome. And he had the angle and I didn't, I tried to catch him. Uh, I didn't say I was going to lay down and let him catch him, but I tried, but I was not going to go take his angle, his casting angle. I only, I stayed on my side and, uh, but they wanted it coming up that drop and not off that drop. And he wrecked them. And it was as a dad, I was like, this is just fun to watch. And so we had to wait the entire month. For for to find out whether he won or not, because you know because the term is not over at the end of the month and everybody's still fishing. So yeah, but uh, he ended up that was his that was his first win, so that was pretty cool.
1: That's awesome you know i've had you all oh, over an hour now so and i and i appreciate your time i know you're super busy, getting ready to go to florida i, I want to give you a couple of minutes for you to shout out your sponsors or thank whoever yeah. you want to thank if you want to thank the ceo of fluke master like we talked about your a, a, aka your wife boss, <laughs> now with the boss lady the real ceo of fluke master anybody you want to thank go right ahead
2: oh i do want to thank my sponsors i don't do that enough uh you know, I've got Fluke Master, or not Fluke Master, I got 13 Fishing rods and reels that have been with me for seven years. Um, they're the first company that believed in me uh, and and gave me the opportunity uh, when so many other people had no clue what YouTube was uh, and whether it was going to be a money maker for them. You know, 13 Fishing was great. Seagar fishing line, like I said earlier. Uh, Bonafide Kayaks, Yak Attack uh, kayak accessories. You know. My, those two you'll see the rigging video when i when i pop it up it is they they make it easy i don't have to make crap out of pvc pipe anymore you know um and then there's uh there's yolo tech that also makes camera mounts for my big boat Mm -hmm. uh and battery it's accessories and that kind of stuff uh gosh who else um bending branches paddles motor guide motors uh that new xi3 kayak term or kayak motor when i say a game changer i don't ever i hate that word i hate that phrase people call things a game changer the only thing that's a game changer to me is when it changes the way i fish and the xi3 any any anything with spot lock or pinpoint or whatever they call it is is a game changer because it yep. will change the way you fish okay mm-hmm. and so that's key uh it being able to stop and stay out in the middle in the, in the wind and not have to drop an anchor on the fish's head in order to hold still and that kind of stuff it's it makes all the difference in the world but uh love them absolutely love them I'm trying to think of everybody else uh nrs they make my pfds and and uh and then uh let me think gosh uh alumicraft boats which my next one's going to have a Mercury motor on the back, but I'm not sponsored by them. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure I'm missing. I'm sure I'm forgetting people. JJ's Magic, which is I gar- JJ's Magic right. oldest sponsor, but that was by default. Uh, that was more of, that's a really cool story. If you guys have never heard of JJ's Magic, it's a dipping dive for soft plastics. And I just believe in it. And I believed in it for many, many, many years. But I, I became good friends with JJ, uh, the owner. And he approached me one Thanksgiving years and years ago when Facebook was just getting going uh, good. And, and he's like, dude, I, I, I'm not making any money. I'm going to have to quit. I'm going to have to close up shop and sell the business. And I said, no, you're not. And I, I had a good coming to Jesus meeting with JJ. I was like, you're going to stop giving away your product to people who aren't going to talk about it. You're going to no longer approve a pro staff position without sending it to me first. I basically told him, I'm taking over your pro staff and uh, I'm taking over your marketing. And I started marketing with Facebook. I brought on two high school kids, three college kids and four other adults that were into social media. And we took uh, JJ's magic from being unknown to known in about a year, a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I'm loyal to him because he's the most amazing man I've ever met. Give the shirt off his back. He was a sheriff's de- or sheriff's deputy out of da- Midtown Atlanta for thirty some odd years. So imagine the stuff he's been through. Yet he still treats people like they're golden. And so JJ's is awesome. He's just a, he's a good dude and makes a great product. Um, and I didn't want to see it come off the market for the big. Is the biggest reason because I it puts fish in the boat. That's all I got to say. Um, Let's see, Gamagatsu Pro, uh, thirteen fishing baits, and uh, and I think that's it. There might be a few more I'm missing, uh, but that's what it takes to pay the bills. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> there it's, you go. It's it's fun. It's a this is something I never thought would ever happen. This was not me being a YouTuber, me being well known. I hate to say famous, but well known. Um, I never never imagined it. Never really never really worried about it I just did what I felt was right I did what I wanted to do and 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 didn't quit and the difference between me and a lot of youtubers is I'm the one that didn't quit and so anybody that's aspiring to do this just don't quit if you come to me and say, hey I'm about to start a YouTube channel the first thing out of my mouth I promise I'm gonna tell you is why haven't you started yet? you know why why are you still talking about it you've got a cell phone that shoots video go shoot video. And learn everything else as you go. And, you know, you'll make mistakes. Everybody does. You're not going to be perfect. You're not going to be a John B. Right out of the block. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to be able to edit like that. I still, I'll never be able to edit like that. But do what you got to do. and But just don't quit. So
1: That's good advice. And like I said, you had so many sponsors. You, I mean, you paid your dues. You did it with integrity. You set an example for other people. It's not about the clickbait. It's about you, each one of us, following what you know, what we believe in, being honest with ourselves, um, and not always putting our best interests, you know, being flexible and sometimes putting other people's best interests, in order to, uh, grow. Um, and again, Fluke, we could, we can always use more of you in every community. We are blessed that you're in the kayak fishing community and decided to do that instead of NASCAR or any other um pro sporter activity auto activity so we thank you We're lucky to have you um we look forward to what you got next both in your tournament um career and in your content creation or as a creator career um and uh wish you the best um and again amazing job what you've done and, and can't thank you enough if, for taking the time to be on the podcast
2: yeah no problem man i appreciate it it's been a pleasure
1: so for those out there listening if you listen to the show Please uh, wear your PFD. So you're going to be on the water. Remember, just because it's bass kayaking beers, I'm not telling you to go out there and drink beer while you're in the fishing. If you are going to drink some beers, just make sure you do it responsibly. Stay safe with your PFDs. Also, big thank you to my sponsor, Douglas Rod. Go check out douglasoutdoors.com. Check out their full lineup. Have a great day, everyone. Peace out.